Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the V-O-C Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. V-O-C Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. V-O-C Nation hosts include... The legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE. Former WCW performer, the Maestro. Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact. Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Former WWE and TNA star, Shelly Martinez. And former Philly radio personality, Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt. Streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern. And, of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOCNation. My name is C.T. McManus, and it is my job for the next two hours to keep your mind off the crazy world out there and refocus it on some rock and roll. Guys, welcome to episode 105. We got a great episode ahead for you. We're going to be discussing the future of rock and roll, where there's a lot of things changing in the game right now due to COVID and other situations. So we're, we're going to talk about that. We're, we're going to be joined by Bradley of Bradley Entertainment, Will Mass of Ignite the Scene, and Kev, Ken Shepard of 
it just blew my mind, man. Uh, Phoenix Custom Printing. Sorry about that. Um, brain fart. Anyway, if you guys have not checked out the new Rock and Roll Union interviews, guys, do so. It's on YouTube. Our first episode is with Johnny D of Doro and Brittany Fox. Great interview. Sat down for a while with them, talked everything, man. We talked about Doro. We talked about his time with Brittany Fox, the old Philadelphia music scene and the clubs and just a really great interview all the way around. He was such a great guy to talk to. And uh, like I said, once we're done with the show, go check it out on YouTube. You can look it up under the Rock and Roll Union YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to that. You can also check us out on the Facebook page. Many different ways to check us out and uh, a lot of great stuff happening, guys. So once we're done talking about the future of rock and roll in this first hour, we're going to be talking about rock and roll with a band called the X-Men, but that is E-C-K-S men, not like the superheroes. So uh, I think it's a playoff of the superheroes, but it is actually, believe it or not, one of the last names of one of the guys in the band. So uh, pretty clever. We'll talk about it with them, and uh, we're going to get the music rolling a little bit, and in honor of, oh, I'm sorry, uh, one thing I forgot to mention, I want to say a really big happy birthday to Jim Mayberry from our boys over at Whiskey Grin, happy birthday, Jim, hope it's a great one, happy birthday to you, you're being serenaded by the lovely day, so, uh, We're going to go ahead and listen to some rock and roll. Here is Doro with Blood, Sweat, and Rock and Roll. Oh, yeah. 
Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kazzy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Kaku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history. The voice of choice and killer can resonate. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Joe, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Steins of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast, guys. Right before the commercial break, that was the X-Men with New York Girls. That'll be one of three tracks we'll be listening to from them tonight. This is uh, the X-Men show for this evening because uh, we're going to be featuring them in the 7 o'clock hour. So make sure that you hang out for them. But for now, we're, we're opening up a discussion all about the future of rock and roll, what things might be looking like, uh, different options, different thoughts that are going around. Um, if you have anything to weigh in on the subject, the call number is 914-338-1885. Call in if you have anything to add to the discussion. But right now I have a couple of gentlemen on the line. Who do I have on the line? I, for some reason I have no caller ID showing up, but uh, I have two people on the line. Who do I have on the line right now? Gee, it's Mass, buddy. Oh, hey. Who is this? It's Will Mass. Oh, hey, Will, man. How are you? 
good, brother. How are you? I believe we have everybody here now. Uh, Ken, are you with us yet? Uh, I think so. All right, Ken's with us, and I believe that was Brad that just caught in. Is this Brad? Yeah, you got it, man. I'm here. Hey, guys. All right, so we got everybody. And like I said, guys, just uh, real quick, if you want to add to this discussion, we'd love to hear from you, 914-338-1885. But uh, just going to open it up a little bit. I mean, we talked off the air a couple of days ago about different thoughts and a little bit of the scene. And uh, I, I got to say, this is a changing time for all of rock and roll. What do you guys think? Definitely. Um I think it's kind of unprecedented what's going on right now with the, uh, you know, the COVID and everything. Um, thank God we live in a virtual world or nothing would be happening. Absolutely. Ken, any thoughts? Uh, was, those Ken. were my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Ken. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Will? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, any thoughts well, on where we're at right now as far as uh, the music scene is concerned and uh, what could possibly be coming up in the future? Yeah, I have a few opinions. <laughs> um, <laughs> first and foremost, uh, I just, I got to say it. I mean, um, music's in a pretty sad state. Live music, I should say, is in a pretty sad state at the moment, and uh, this is something any music fan knows. They're watching it happen before their eyes. Um, but mm-hmm. all I gotta say, you know, the big wig record labels, you know, of the world are done. The venues are done. These people aren't gonna help. Um, they're just not. Um, so what we have left is us. We have the music fans. We have the people that genuinely care about music and about its its art form and its live form. And I just feel at this point that we're the only ones who are going to do anything because, you know, the people that have been in charge forever and ever, are their hands are tied. They can't do a damn thing right now. I agree. Now, uh, here, here's one question that I keep asking myself, and Brad, I'm wondering if you could uh, tell me your opinion on this one. The the one thing that keeps running through my head, and, and I think we all now, ask. Keep in mind, question. if you don't want my opinion, don't ask for it. Keep that in mind. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep it quiet because <laughs> you opinion. know I'm going to drop a couple bombs on is, this show, and I don't want to I don't want to get too crazy too. Quick, so I'm gonna, I'm just sitting back in the side all minute and just listening. That's what I wait for. I mean, unleash it, man, because, I mean, based on the culture that we live in, based on the mind frame of the American citizen, is rock and roll here an uphill battle? I mean, are we losing fans? Is there hope? I don't don't personally think that we're losing fans. I mean, if anything, I think that we're gaining fans. Um, You know, there's – there's some even even some sports right now as far as entertainment goes. Um, you know, wrestling, a couple of different things. I mean, where they're they're putting in, you know, shows with without audiences and it's 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 drastically a change and it's I, I think that we have more respect from our fans because our fans want us to go out and put live music on and they're willing to risk not wearing a mask, some of them, 
to be in front of it. So if anything, I think it's creating a little bit more solidarity than it is carrying it away. I mean, uh, rock and roll is known for for being rebels anyway. You know, we're all we're all rule breakers to begin with. I mean, we don't really tend to follow structure. I mean, I I don't speak for everyone, but I know I speak for myself when I say that. I mean, I totally have a problem with it. Um, I know I speak for a lot of other people when when I say that they have a problem with it. Um, just from what I see out and about and in the crowd. So, um, the industry as a whole, I think that we were we were put here to break rules. So. Um, you know, it's only a matter of time before this COVID thing. We've just had enough of sitting at home and doing our couch festivals at home. And, you know, we want to be out and about with our people. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of time before they have to do it. Um, you know, I have my own opinions on the COVID thing, and I'm not going to get off topic. But um, from a from a live music standpoint, I think it's only a matter of time before we get it back. But what we need to do, um, speaking of, you know, those in the industry and artists as well, the artists need to create while while we have this off time, um, get as much material as you can together. Um, you know, it's it's kinda like that whole, you know, building a bomb shelter type thing. You put your put your goods away for the for the day of reckoning where you can come out and have to use stuff again and it's the same thing with the artists. Get get your material ready because once it gets up and started you want to be ahead of the game. Um, you know, if I could give any kind of advice that's what it would be. For those in the industry, you know how to have a get the plan ready right now, so that get a strategy together, so that when this thing's up and going, and the government tells us that we can go full capacity again, we're ready to go. You know, we don't have oh, yeah. to take you know a month or two to plan. Let's have let's have a game plan ready, so when when they tell us that we go and give us a green light, we can we can spring it. You guys have anything to weigh in on that? Um. I do. Um, kind of piggyback on that. Um, as far as the uh, the bands go, I I think and I believe full well they're taking the opportunity to really look inward. Um, you know, when you're sitting around and can't do anything for months at a time, you tend to get a lot more creative. Um, and I think without you know the distractions of having to book shows and, and run the business of a band, I have the feeling when this thing breaks open, we're going to hear a really, like a lot of really good music because people are going to be forced to bring their creativity out because of this thing. Um, I know I have, you know, just in, in, in my field, you know, I'm kind of forced to, to become creative because I really don't have anything else to do, you know? Um, so I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, CT, you and I have said before that I, I think this whole thing for the music industry is a blessing in disguise. Absolutely. Um, it, it it sucks now, big time. But I but you know I think that's going to build up the fever for this. You know, when the when the uh, dam breaks, you know, watch out because I, I think the scene's going to explode once this thing blows over. I mean, that's that's my that's my theory. Genuine artistry, realistic expectations. Those are the two things that we're getting out of it. And and I think that those are the two biggest things that we could have right now, um, mm-hmm. you know, from a business standpoint. I mean, like, it, to the point where, being, and, you know, if nobody else is going to address the elephant in the room, I'll address it. I mean, the scene was getting a little bit watered down, in my in my opinion. I mean, Absolutely. there was a lot of oversaturation, and there was a lot of a lot of substance problems. And by that, I don't mean drugs. I mean substance, like substance in the music. I 
mean everybody and their mother just because they can pick up a guitar that don't make them a musician. Just because you can pick up a tattoo machine, it don't make you a tattoo artist. Just because you can wash a car, it don't make you the best detailer in the world. You know what I mean? It's just yep. it, it, became, it became the cool thing to do rather than being the right thing to do. And I feel like if more people would address their passion in business, period, everybody has a role. Appreciate your role. That's where you fall. Don't try and be something you're not. And I think it was getting to the point where we had a lot of um, stuff coming out that just, to me, wasn't wasn't really up to snuff. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, if, if somebody asks you, hey, what does my album sound like? It's a hard thing to do to tell them stuff. But there's, there's been a lot of material coming out as of late that, to be quite frank, wouldn't have, wouldn't have survived 10 years ago. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, with people going back to the drawing board and realizing that, hey, you know, this is a blessing in disguise because there's a possibility that after this COVID thing, it affects my parents. They're like, you know, realize that it will be like if you didn't have that opportunity. So um, I, I think it's going to drive a, 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 a more of a soul out of people to um, to get back to the basics of their creativity and where they're where their passion lies and where their heart is. So I, I, I totally see this open line in it, and I personally think that, that once this thing is over with, we're going to get back and come back better than ever. I'm, I'm very optimistic about that. Yep. Now, here, here's a question that I have that I've, that I've been stowing over. Now, rock and roll used to be really a rebellious form. It, it kind of rebelled against everything that was out there in society, you know, it was, it was the alternative from everyday reality, honestly. Now it feels like we've gotten away from that a lot. Do you think that, that, that plays into a part of the music that we're hearing right now, as far as some of it being lackluster and as far as some of the, the, it feels like rock and roll has lost its edge. Any thoughts? I got some thoughts. <laughs> uh, first off, first off, um, one of the things I want to touch on that Brad said in the, in the opening of it, um, you know, when he said he didn't think that we're losing fans, that we're gaining them. And uh, I think there's a lot of truth to that statement. I think uh, I think it's that ain't that old adage, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And what I mean by that is you had a lot of people that maybe necessarily liked music, but just assumed that there would always be a live show there to go to when they were ready for it. And, you know, now I think some of those people that were music people, but weren't necessarily live music people have thought about it and been like, wow, I missed this, 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 if it it would never come back, you know what I mean? I've missed this, 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 this. And I think because of that, a lot of people are, are coming back to music being, that one, you know, universal art form that speaks all languages and, and people can relate to. Um, touching on the uh, shit, what was the second part of that thing? Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> the uh, touching on rock and roll as far as what it is or what it's become. I won't sugarcoat it as much as you guys do because I'm not that guy. Um, <laughs> most new music sucks balls. Um, it's truly lost every, there's no art in a lot of the new stuff that you hear now there's you know music is art and in a lot of the stuff that's being invented and i'll say invented because it's not being created it's being invented like in a damn lab 
you know, where it's it's the same spoon-fed crap that Top 40 Radio gives you no matter what the genre. And they all right. sound the same, and they all have the same message, and there's nothing rebellious about it. Um, I agree with you that rock and roll has always been about the rebel um, and the pack of rebels that, you know, ensue around that. And I think what we're seeing now, because of all the crap music that's been out there for years, you have people that can't put a live stream show on because their music isn't real, if that makes sense. Um, So what you have coming to the forefront is musicianship, real musicians that have been here a long time doing what they do, honing their craft. And these are the people that are now coming out in the forefront. You know, the, the people that, may have been overlooked before because, oh, there's so much stuff out there. Well, now there's not so much stuff out there. So, you know, the real artists are shining through, and it's good to see. I I personally, part of me, the the one thing that I actually like about this whole thing is good music went underground again. You know what I mean? Like, it used to be... It yep. used to be where, you know, you went to a show because somebody told you this, this band fat ass, even though you've never heard of them, because somebody told you that, you went. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, and found out yourself, yeah, wow, they were pretty badass. And I think it's kind of coming back to that, where I think a lot of a lot of good music is out there, but it's gone a bit underground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the other side of that coin that, as far as rock and roll is concerned is the look. There used to be a distinct, you know, not of the people, but kind of otherworldly kind of appearance when we looked at rock stars that kind of, we lost that along the way too. Is the look important in today's rock and roll? Like, what do you guys think? Um, can, I take this one? Can, I, can I take this real quick? <laughs> man, look, man. Look, I'm going to laugh. Man, look, there. Rock and roll is is a way of lifestyle. It's not a look. Uh, I mean, it's it's no different than calling somebody a rock star. Rock star is is that image and having that persona and that mentality and the way you carry yourself. It's not it's not necessarily a look. I mean, like we accept people from all walks of life. I mean, if you feel it in your soul, you feel it. The thing that we don't accept, we don't accept people that 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 claim to be. You know, they claim to like the rock genre and claim to be a part of the whole movement of music and not be a part of it. We don't do posers. If you're genuine, the rock and roll community will be able to tell you're genuine. And whether you come from a country background or a jazz background or a hip hop background or whatever, we're accepting because our people are our people. It's a, it's a, it's a how you conduct yourself more than anything. You know, rock and roll is just it's it's the way you live your life. is is more than the music. It's a way of life. So that, like that, I'll just put a squash to that whole image thing. You either you either got it or you don't. I mean, any musician will tell you, it's not a it's not all about the music either. I mean, if you get up on on stage and look the part in front of an audience, eighty percent of your work is done from a live standpoint. Thank you, thank so, you. Uh, you I mean, know, I I don't mean to interrupt, but I, that's been on the tip of my tongue for five minutes. Is you know, it, one of the biggest drawbacks that I've seen in the music scene is that, you know, it it hasn't been, you know, I I mean, I can't really say I've seen any bands that really suck, but the show sucks. You know, I, I don't, I don't see, I see a lot of bands play music, but I don't see them put on, putting on a show. I see four guys standing there playing their instruments 
and there's there's just nothing to feed the eyes. I mean, I've always I've always had a problem with that because I you know I I agree with Brad. You know, like showmanship is is a huge part of it. I mean, you can you know you, if I want to just listen to good music, I'll stay home and you know listen to the radio or play CDs. Right. I go to live bands to see a, a a show. You know and and a lot of times I get let down by that. I mean, if you look at some of the most iconic bands out there, if you look at your Metallicas or you look at the Rolling Stones or ACDC, they all had a show. It, it, I feel like that's lacking from some of the newer bands that are coming out. It, it, am I wrong? I mean, I agree with that. I like a lot of it too. I mean, it's it's not just it's not just it's not just that. You know, it it a lot has to go into that too. Um, a lot of times when you have, um, you take some of the some of the supreme greats. I mean, icons. Let me take Michael Jackson or any of those kind of performers. Um, it, it wasn't just Michael. You know what I mean? So it doesn't just go down to the musician to 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 necessarily have that that sting from a live standpoint. Um, a lot goes into making a musician. I mean, you've got you've got the studio performance, you've got the live event performance. Um, some people are better in the studio, you know, and have better quality in the studio than they do live. I mean, we all know that to be true. Some people are better live than they are in the studio. I mean, each musician I feel has its, its strengths and weaknesses, and I feel that um, you know it's. I, I don't really just judge a musician by by their live performance. I think that the live performance. You know, the management has something to say about it, how they want to perceive and, and put the product out for consumption. All that goes into your live performance as well. So the live performance doesn't just necessarily fall on the artist. I think that the, it's up to the artist to put a, a strong enough team around them to where they build up to their live performance and make their live performance a memorable event rather than just getting up there and playing a 45-minute set and going home. Um, you know, there's a lot of bands that do phone it in. So it's, it's how, how you want to be perceived as an artist. You know, some artists don't put enough into it, and they simply just don't care enough to put enough into their live performance. Some other ones go over the top. It just depends on who you are as an artist and who you want to be as an artist. Now, going back into the recordings, and the, we all know that the, the major labels that used to be are no longer. Uh, a lot of bands are putting out material that they recorded themselves, some good, not some not so good. Um, the the biggest problem is these artists aren't getting paid when when it comes time for. I was talking to a good friend of mine, and he had his band had, I want to say six thousand streams on Spotify. He got a check for twenty bucks. To me, that's criminal. I I, I don't understand why no one has addressed that. What do you guys think? Well, I'll uh. I think I'm the wrong guy for this conversation. I'm so punk rock that I'm against everything. I swear, man. I I, I don't. I, I'm trying to just like kick back on this as a leveler head in this whole combo here today, but uh, I'll go ahead and throw my punk attitude into it for a second. Um, first off, when it comes to uh, how a band performs and what that live performance is, I'm of the true belief that. First and foremost, regardless of putting on a show, those musicians have to be tight 
and they have to be their music has to be relatable and there has to be a certain vibe that comes from that band and from that music. That's first and foremost. Um, for me, I can come in and see a band, and they could have no lights, leave a damn house lights on, and do their thing and me be blown away. You know what I mean? Um, so I think from, from the aspect of, you know, a show to go with it, I think sometimes the show isn't necessarily the look of what's happening around you, but the feeling and the vibe that's coming from the band. Um, so I'm just, uh, uh, as far as the Spotify's and all those jerkweeds go, they, they're a bunch of thieves, man. I mean, you know, the record companies for, for years screwed over the artists. And then when the record label thing started dying and everything became digital, you had the Spotify's of the world doing worse things because they were reaching more people and they're getting paid less. It's like, what in the F is going on with this? Um, I think the more the more bands start doing their own stuff as far as, you know, creating a label even, you know, look for the small label in your, in your area that, you know, doesn't seem to be greedy or whatever and and be a judge character when you're talking to these people. Don't just see, hey, look, we're going to be on a label. you got to look deeper than that. If you're true to your art and true to what you've written, then you want better care to be taking care of that art. So, you know, there's got to be other outlets. I love the idea that bands are now producing stuff themselves. They're putting out their own music. They're doing it through their websites. They're selling it through their websites. That is, again, it's, it's DIY attitude. It's punk attitude. It's do it yourself. Nobody else is going to do it, man. And that's my rant. <laughs> I'm sorry, B. I know you're laughing at me. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I'm that guy today, but I just I, this is a discussion that you know you guys pretty much know where I stand with music and, and why I'm involved in it. And my heart and my passion get all wrapped up in this shit sometimes, and I just get angry. So that's where I'm at now. And I don't, I don't worry about it being funny. I laugh at it too. I think it's hilarious that all of us are on the same page about it. That's why I laugh. I mean, it's, you know. Oh, no. I think you weren't laughing at it, For everybody being on the same page. I don't know who it is, man, but somebody's giving me some crazy feedback right now. Yeah, I'm hearing it, too. I mean, it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher is talking in the phone. <laughs> is that better? That's much better. God damn. Yeah, I I one of y'all fools was trying to shave while you were talking. <laughs> I just did away with the speaker, so there, there we go. We're a little bit better off. But uh, I remember just recently with Apple Music going away, and everyone was at first making a big deal about that, but now we're talking about bands selling their music on their websites. I mean, the hard right. copy is kind of going away. I mean, some bands are still holding on to it as far as CD or vinyl is concerned. Is it possible that – what's that? Oh, yeah. My wife's telling me the Google Music's going away in 30 days. So, yeah. I mean, with all these streams going away, is it Good. possible bands are able to sell digital copies directly to consumers? I'm not sure about the ins and outs as Absolutely. far as technology technology is concerned is that a possibility anyone know absolutely absolutely look, we, look dude, man let's just, let's just kill all this shit man 
this is kill all this shit and just go right back to the way we were with record sales, man. Let's just bring it back. If we get enough like-minded people together, put somebody in each territory that's the same believer, start a franchise, recruit your home talent, put them on your record label, do record labels in each zone, and be done with it. Like, it's yeah. just, people are so stuck in certain ways, man, that, like, they're worried about overthrowing the people that are in charge right now. Those people are getting phased out. We're the next yeah. generation now. We're the ones that decide where the industry goes. Get enough people together to take a stand for it and overthrow the rest of the people. Who gives a shit? Like, you're the ones in charge anyway. You're the ones with the ideas. Like, what the hell? Like, stand up for it and fucking make it happen. Like, we're all sitting here having these conversations and having these podcasts and having these roundtable meetings and having these fucking off-the-record meetings and speakeasies and whatever the fuck we're doing to get away from (laughs) wearing a mask for COVID. We're fucking going underground and bomb shelters, whatever the fuck we're doing. Man, we know enough people in different territories. We got people down south. We got people Midwest. We got people out west. Get all the promoters that are like-minded people together and say, you know what? This is how we're going to do it. We get all the the bands that believe in what we're doing behind us. Now we got now we got our own little like our own little federation of how we do That's things right. in the industry. And people that don't want to work with us, fuck it, don't work with them. I, I got news for you. Like I love Axel Rose, but as good as he is, if he calls my phone, I'm not going to work with him because we don't have the same kind of attitude. Like work with the people that you're supposed to work with. The people that aren't like minded, guess what? They're not your people. Don't worry about it. Fuck you worried That's about right. it for. You know what I mean? Nah, like, I mean that was kind of my fault. And fucking get it done. Going back to February Crazy. in that meeting that we had up in uh, down Atlantic City, that was kind of the thought mm-hmm. behind that, and I think we need to do more of that. And I agree 100% be. with you. I, I think it's out there. I agree 100% there. too. I, I think there's a hunger out there for things to change. And, I mean, some people, some, I mean, fans, some people that are into rock and roll, they kind of, you know, they, they want the music, but they just, they, they're not willing to open their minds to other things. I mean, we're, I, I, when I spoke to you guys the other day, I said that we've been running the same damn hamster wheel for 40 years, same bars, same bands, same people in those bars. And with COVID happening and us taking a hard pause, now's the time to change shit. The reason why it didn't work before, dude, is because, to be 100% honest, everybody was so jaded with the industry and the way the industry is working. All right, so guess what? We can do one of two things. We can keep bitching about how fucking terrible it is, or we can fucking put steps in motion to fucking change it. It don't have to, it don't have to be the way it is. Contracts don't have to be written the way they're written. They're written that way because nobody said, you know what, I'm going to make a change. Let's make it different. They just keep remaining the same way because everybody's bitching about it remaining the same way, but they're not trying to change it being the same way. Fucking get enough people together to fucking change it, and then what are they going to say? When they see it works, they're going to have to play ball because it fucking works. When everybody's eating and they're sitting at their one fucking table eating with their same five people they've been eating with for ten fucking years, they're going to wonder why we got a fucking (laughs) army surrounding them and we're all eating. (laughs) Right? I, mean, I agree think about that. that for a hot minute. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, you know what I mean? If if 20 people tell you you're a fucking crackhead, you're a fucking crackhead. Like, there's no <laughs> way around it. If one person says it, they might be lying. If 20 people say the same fucking thing, chances are they ain't lying. <laughs> you're right. 
Right. I mean, <laughs> oh man. Maybe that's only in my head that it makes sense, but it makes perfect sense to me. Absolutely. Well, what do you think about his comment? About all of it. I think first off, I think his comment spot the fuck on. I think there's way too much of the of the you know sitting around waiting for shit to happen and not enough people trying to do shit. And uh, I, I just, I you know, I've had conversations with Brad before. I've had conversations with other people. The same thing we're talking about here. You know, building that network in different territories is key. You know, Brad Brad referenced it to being like the, the old the old WCW days and the old you know wrestling days where you had you know different territories and you would if your wrestler was doing good in your territory you'd send him up to somebody else's territory. You know what I mean? That's right. That uh, that's and that's and that's that's the old school grassroots policy. You know what I mean? Let's just let's do this a different way than what the big corporations are doing it. And I think I I totally agree with Brad. I mean I think you know you have to build alliances and it has to be with like-minded people or it's just not going to work i agree 100 percent. ken what do you think i'm just going to say i agree i mean i'm a photographer man you know i i i don't know a whole ton about you know the the business i i fully agree that you know we got to separate ourselves from you know that typical mindset that has been rampant in the music business for for many years. I don't know if you guys know. I was actually part of you know the music scene 20 years ago, and uh, I you know on a positive note, you know I, I was out of it for so long. You know, marriage and kids took over. Um, when I got back into it with photography, um, compared to the mid to late 90s, it it, it seems better to me. Um, now I'm contrasting two time eras. You know, you guys have been involved as it, you know, involved as it evolved. Um, Go ahead and say it, Ken. We're old. Go ahead and say it, brother. We're old. Okay. I'm, I'm probably, well, me and Will are probably the oldest. Well, it, but, but the thing is, it's like back back when I was in it, it seemed like it was band pitted against band. I mean, it just seemed oh, like yeah. a lot of friction, just just oh, locally, yeah. you know. Oh, but yeah. but now, like with Ignite the Scene and Bradley Entertainment and you know the Rock and Roll Union, it seems like bands are coming together and getting along, you know, as, uh, to put it plainly. Um, and I and I think that's a positive note for what's to come. You know, I mean. You know, Brad, you're you're saying, you know, we need to change the scene. I I think that's a good step in changing because bands. I, it seems to me the the ones that I've met, they seem to be on board with this. You know, we got to help each other grow rather than I got to make it big and screw everybody else. Yeah, exactly. And and another thing is, I mean, it's it's like everybody has to do their part. You know what I mean? There's four, there's four major roles. There's You've got the venue owner, you've got the purchaser slash promoter, you've got the you've got the artist, and you've got the fans. If everybody carries the ball equally and does their part, everybody will be fine. You know, right. I mean it's I, I mean it's just one of them things. And as far as the scene goes, I think the scene is great, and I I think we do have a better opportunity than they have, they've had in the past in the seventies and eighties in that that type of music scene. Um, very competitive, very cutthroat. I do believe that there's more good than there is bad in the scene right now. A lot of things have changed. You know, the technology has changed. Music has changed. 
the only thing that hasn't changed, the scene has changed. You know how how you yeah. consume music has changed vast. Yeah. The, the thing that the thing that hasn't changed is the structure of the industry, and that's the one thing that I have a problem with. Like, if if I personally know an artist, I by contract have to go pay an agency twenty percent to book an artist when I know the artist by a first name, have their cell phone number, um, their their kid's godfather, <laughs> but I have to go that through shit, an agency. That gotta go. It's like. There should be no reason for that. Like, let's bring back handshake deals. I mean, as simple as that. Oh, yeah. There's no reason why we can't all do this together and bring back the scene and bring back the make – it, make it a lucrative business again. I mean, there's a drain on it. And the reason why is, like I said earlier in the interview, it's unrealistic expectations. I mean, like, you can't go out as an artist on your on your third swing through, you know, in your career – you know, meaning your genre got eliminated, then your genre came back, then your genre got eliminated again. Now it's your third swing. You can't, yeah. you can't do, you can't do that. Your third go round still demands money. You have to humble yourself. And mm-hmm. like I, I've said it before, I mean, I'd much rather be sitting at a table with fifty people eating ramen than sitting by myself eating lobster. And I'll stick by that. I mean, like there's there's enough to go around, but everybody can't be reaching for the fucking biggest steak. You know what I mean? Everybody yep. take a little piece and fucking move on. Yep. You know? it, it, greed, like greed took over the industry. It is. It's, it's oh, greed and egos, man. It's like, who wants to now be that, the biggest person? Like, now that you said ego, you crazy. know, that was my next point, was there's certain cr- criteria that I believe should be followed. I, I, I'm going to go on to Will for a minute, because he Uh-oh. had the balls a while ago to make a video about a band that let go of somebody in a really shitty way. And those are the kind of things that we don't need from people who think they have egos, but they're still playing the same clubs as everybody else. I mean, that that train of thought needs to go. Well, it does need to go. Um, and, you know, I... I say a lot of things in videos that are, are not necessarily thought out correctly, <laughs> but uh, it is usually my heart and soul talking when I do it, so I'm not going to defend or deny anything that I've ever said or done, and it's, it's out there, anybody wants to see it can see it, but I think that, you know, the mentality, I think I made a post the other day where I said, you know, the days of band infighting and egos are done, they're done, because right. it's it's a it's a damn cancer, man, It's it's, I've seen great bands that ego eats them up and they just spits them out before they were even introduced to the world and they could have been huge you know what i mean and and i've seen it too many times be ego be the problem of it um Uh now listen we're not we're we all have ego i got i got ego everybody's got ego it's 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 unfortunately sometimes part of human nature not me man not me i mean not me man (laughs) Everybody's got ego, brother. I don't care who you are. You know, you, you and I have had the ego conversation. You know what I'm talking about. But I mean, that that time is gone, man. You can't. It, we all have to. We've been saying it the whole damn show here. We all have to work together. We all have to be on the same page, or this machine breaks down and won't work. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a music fan first and foremost. No matter what I do with all the other stuff. I don't want music to go away in its raw form, and its raw form is live. Music in its raw form is live. That's where you truly connect 
with any song that you've been listening to. It's like it could be your favorite song on an album, and until you see it done live, you don't fully connect with it. And if that mm. medium is taken away, uh, it's going to be it's, – it's, I just – you know, uh, people like me will go postal, and it will be a real ugly world. <laughs> we ain't gonna allow that, man. We ain't allowing that to happen. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it may change, but it ain't going away. That's what I mean. As you we're coming up to like... the end of this, I gotta ask you guys: uh, What do you think the first step is? Well, what what do we do first? As far as changing the way shit's done, what would be the first step? What do you think, Brad? I mean, we've already done the first step. We're on like step three, four. I mean, but uh, I mean, you know, the fir- the first step, the answer to question. I mean, the first step, the first step is the want to, you know, and yeah. and having the heart to devise a plan. I mean, you know, you have to have the want, then you have to have the plan, then you have to execute, and then hopefully, if you execute correctly, then you have, you know, you have your vision. But um, you know, I think we're already on step two or three. I mean, a lot of us being held up by by the government dictating what we can and can't do. I mean, if it weren't for, you know, them saying that we could only sell venues to 25%, we'd be up and running, you know? Right. So, I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of on hold right now, just, you know, laying in wait, waiting for the time to pounce. But in the meantime, we're trying to, okay, step four, five, and six is blocked off. So let's start with number seven and we can always come back to four, five, and six. You know? Right. So that's kind of where we're at, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, uh, any last thoughts on the topic, Ken? Um, yeah, if we if we're gonna uh, you know think about steps, we got to put a step in there to get the photographers up to the front row in every single show. <laughs> oh, there hey, you're, there at, you're at the front line, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking love we can't, you, we can't do our work from the back of the venue. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> hey man, you guys get three songs. What you crying for? <laughs> well, to, to answer to answer his question fairly, um, you know, at, at, at our events, I mean, like not every promoter does it, but most, a lot of us try and do it. We try and have three or four main shooters that can shoot the whole event. That way, we mm-hmm. have one from each side, and then at, the rest of the photo pit can fill up for three songs. So that's that's t- typically how we run it, and that's how we're going to run all the rest of our events future. But there are some artists that can only shoot three, three and out, and that's due to artist contract, not really has anything to do with the promoter so but right. but you will have a you will have a, a you will have a, a pit pass for the entire show so you'll be able to shoot the whole show i won't pull you right. out i promise cool i'm glad we got <laughs> that stuff out of the way <laughs> you heard it here as first as, as, as if ken wasn't already a supporter now he's a lifer <laughs> right. uh any last thoughts will yeah anybody that's a fan of music Get in touch with the band. Buy the merch. Buy the CDs if they have them. Buy the downloads from them if they offer them to you, which there are plenty of bands that do. But get out there and support the artists, man. Spend your money. I don't care what your thoughts on COVID is. I don't care what your thoughts on anything other than if you want the music to live, you have to support it. And if your way of supporting it is by buying merch, hey, that's all part of it too. So just please buy merch, buy CDs, buy anything they have. Yeah. Shirts too. Brad? Yeah, shirts too. Yeah, Ken's I mean, got some shirts yeah. to sell. <laughs> well, you know, like I mean, we're we're sitting here talking from a business standpoint and talking about, you know, what we can do as a as a as a business from a business side of things. But you know, the fans and supporters are just as important. You know, it, it's, it's extremely important. I know it's a pain to ask to mask up. 
So I don't care if somebody's playing at your local bar outside in the parking lot. Go support live music in any capacity you could possibly support it. Go support live music. If there's any private events or private barbecues or whatever there may be where there's a band there playing, get out and support live music. <laughs> don't let this scene die. I know it's just as important to everyone else as it is to me, but get out there and support live music, period. And like Bill said earlier, any way that you can get a hold of these bands, make sure that you purchase something from these bands. Don't worry about all this, um, you know, Facebook uh, ads with these fake shirts. Buy directly from the bands. Don't buy the bootleg right. shit. Make sure these bands are getting the money. So don't go out there pirating music. Napster days are over. There's no reason why you can't go out here and, and purchase music straight from the bands. Make sure these bands get their cut. They're putting their heart and soul into this. Make sure they get something back for it. That's right. Well, guys, I want to thank you so much for calling in. This was a great discussion. And, uh, guys, thank you so much. You guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for having us, Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it, bro. Thanks, brother. Hey, man, talk to you guys soon. All right, CT. Bye. See ya. So there you go, guys. There's a lot to think about, a lot that, you know, we're in the cusp of changing things. I'm guaranteeing you that right now we have a lot of like-minded people. We're a movement right now. We are growing stronger, and we are taking rock back. You know, when I first started Rock and Roll Union, my first philosophy, the number one reason I started Rock and Roll Union was to make rock and roll music relevant again. I mean, it's always been relevant, but it's time to – start changing things like we were just talking about. Very great discussion. I want to thank all three of those gentlemen. That was such a great talk. And, you know, they're right. Get out there. Make sure you enjoy live music any way that you can. Stay safe right now. I know shit's a little crazy and things are getting shut down and just enjoy it any way you can. And make sure that you take care of those artists, you know. The the merch, the music that they sell. There's many ways of doing it. So anyway, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by the band, the X-Men. We're going to talk to them. Really, really interesting band. You guys don't want to miss it. So uh, stay tuned. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirtz. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirtz, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included... General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews 
with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists, and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast, guys. Thank you so much to those last three gentlemen. It was a great roundtable. Now, moving forward, uh, we are being joined by the X-Men. Guys, welcome to the show. How are you hey, guys doing? Hey, thanks for having us on. Thank you. So, uh, if you could... Um, if you could just give us a little uh, walk down of uh, the history of the band, how you guys started. And uh, I haven't mentioned anything to our listeners as far as the band is concerned. So uh, just opening up the door for you guys. You'll be surprised to know then that the whole band is made of hermaphrodites. <laughs> We're bleeping those out. Um, actually, the, you're familiar with the band, the, uh, the weaklings. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, they. I. I, I run the uh, Live at Drews, which is the world's best house concert series up in Ringwood. Okay. And the Weaklings were playing at my house, and I just had a, I had a notion to sing the song "You Can't Do That" because uh, when I was a kid, uh, my father used to go bowling every Friday night, and I would go with him, and I would always play "You Can't Do That" on the jukebox. So uh, I asked him if I could sing that with him, just out of nowhere, you know, for no good reason. I asked him. And um, they said yes, and I sang it, and it went over fairly well. And a guy I used to work with who lived in town, who was a musician, had been in um, Wayne Fontana and the Mindbenders, actually. <clears throat> and um, he said, well, we have to do something. And I said, about what? And he said, well, you have to sing, and I'll play guitar. And I said, no, you're, are you crazy? I, I've never done that. <laughs> so um, he, he kept bugging me about it. And then um, eventually one day he called me and said, I'm coming over to your house with a guitar right now. And so we sang some songs together, and then he got some friends together. And uh, then there were more friends and more friends, and then it got whittled down to fewer friends and fewer friends. And um, we ended up with uh, 
we ended up with a core band, and we were going to play a show in the city one night at Bowery Electric. Mm. And the guitar player called me at 11:30 in the morning and said, "I can't do this. I, I, I hurt my back, and I'm not going to be able to do it." So um, I got on the phone and started calling guitarists that I knew, and nobody could do it. And after like I don't know, maybe three or four hundred guys, I decided to call Rick Norman, <laughs> who was in town, and um, Rick was able to do it. I said, "Can you, you know, can you play 15 songs tonight?" Unbeknownst to me. Because I thought I was playing with the other guitar players. I said, sure, I can do a gig tonight. I can play 15 songs, five of which I knew, five of which I had heard, five I had never heard wow. of before. And Jesse Mallon was going to sing with us, by the way, that night. Yeah. So no pressure. So anyway, Rick joined us. We, we rehearsed at the drummer's basement on the way in. We, we stopped at his house, ran through the set, finished that, got into the city, and played, and it went well. And um, the guitar player a couple of days later told me, look, you know, the original guitar player said, you know, my back is too bad. I'm not going to be able to play. So uh, I'm not going to be able to be in the band anymore. So uh, I asked Rick if he would um, sign on with us, and, and he did. And, we, you know, we've lived happily ever after. So and, we got, and there's a different drummer now, so the core band was, it, it, you know, magic happens with bands, and the pieces fell into place with the people. With any band you're in, there's a level of, magic that happens you know they can see where it's going and you know the pieces that fell into place are the pieces that are now there and it just it is magic and the an interesting thing is i guess you you've been doing this for four years three <laughs> three years so we were a cover <laughs> band for the first year and then drew said no we're going to write songs from now on i'm going to write songs with we're like okay you know for a person <laughs> who doesn't have any musical training or musical background you know again the magic and, you know, and we'll talk about that process as we go on here, but it's just, it's been a great run of wonderful, wonderful happenings and wonderful, wonderful opportunities. Again, because I think the band is, you know, has got a certain mojo going on. Now, the farthest south things, we've ever gotten is Asbury Park. One of the things I, I really pulled out of your music, we listened to, uh, we played New York Dolls, or, uh, New York Girls earlier, yeah. and, uh, really sense a whole feeling of early punk, uh, rockabilly. What do you guys pull from as far as inspiration? Um, well, when we were doing, you know, when we were, like Rick said, we were a cover band for the first year because, you know, that was the first year that I had ever sang anything. So, um, you know, what do you do? I, I, was, I had no clue that I had any, any ability to write songs. So uh, we were doing rock pile songs and doing the fabulous Thunderbirds and uh, the Kinks and you know we were doing covers but not basically covers that nobody knew. Um, so uh, you know that was that. So it was you know it's more. Um, in fact, uh, New York Girls was played on um, on uh, Sirius XM the other night on uh, Little Steven's Underground Garage. Nice. And Jesse Mallon introduced the song and he said it reminded him of Dave Edmonds and Rock Pile and Elvis Costello. So kind of pub rock I, I like to um in fact we, we thought of our next record being called don't forget the role because uh i i'm more much more interested in rock and roll than rock right yeah, i think the, the, i think our sensibilities of the whole band we tend to run into that everything from 60s radio um ct to um like right on moving right down with the ramones and the clash and those pieces and even you know current stuff i think it's it's you know fast three-minute rock and roll, you know, if you 
like this song, which I couldn't imagine why you wouldn't. Great. If you don't like it, there's another one coming in three minutes. You don't have to worry. So, you, you know, we don't, we don't draggle the songs and drag them out more. We hit it, go for it, done. Yeah, there are no long guitar solos or drum solos no. or anything like that. And my, my influence mostly is probably um, AM radio from 1968 to 1972. Yes. Um, you know, songs like Build Me, Build Me Up Buttercup and uh, Brandy, Brandy and, uh, you know, Now That I Found You, I Can't Let You Go, things like that. And, you know, it, it's so hard to find that sound anymore, that rock and roll like you guys are talking about. And I'm a big fan of it as well. My first concert ever was Chuck Berry when I was 12. And yeah. just, it's hard to find that sound. I mean, I got to give what? it to bands like ACDC. ACDC always seemed to have that rock and roll feel to it. But there's not a lot of that left anymore. Yeah, well, our, our kind of we have like a mini slogan that's music like you used to hear on the radio. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And, and you know, we believe you know rock and roll is it's basic, but it's it, it, it's it's deceptively more complex than you think it is. But you don't want to overthink it too much or overplay it too much. Like I said, Chuck Berry, you know, it's it's pretty right. three chord rock and roll, but it's what he brought to it. And you know, as the gentleman Jesse who introduced us the other night said, it's it's an attitude. It's a lifestyle rock and roll. It's, you know, it's not like, you know, let's get Beethoven going unless it's roll over Beethoven, that is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this is your first band ever. And can I ask your age? I'm 64. <laughs> That's great. Now, at this, I'm the at youngest this guy point... in the band. Oh, no, actually, we, our saxophone player now is 35. Yeah, so we made, brought the average age of the band down to 45 by getting him. We're going to get an infant next. <laughs> Bring it really well. Yeah, now, you know, I mean, but you know, go ahead. ahead. That's easy. Now you go. So I mean, just with the what? Why did it happen now? I mean, for you guys, are you guys both? This is your first band together, or has either no, one of you been time. around the block before? Yeah, I, I've been in, in, in a lot of different bands. A lot of things happening. I, I got original stuff out there myself and everything. It's just you know what happened. CT is. A bunch of this, you know, not to disparage any of the people that played before, but even the, the, Drew was in a band with a couple of different guys, and I saw him play, and I sat in with one guitar player, and he had a, the other drummer, but it wasn't there. What starts to happen with any band, as um, Brian May just said something about it, if you ever find a bunch of mates that you play well with, and it just clicks and everything seems to work, you better covet that and take care of that and hold on to it as the dearest thing you have. I'm paraphrasing him. But it's true. We got a different drummer, you know, and, and it just it just everything happened at once. And the most interesting part is when we discuss when you hear about the songwriting process, because of all the things and I've played for a long time and I understand music to agree to, to a degree, but I'm really a feel person, you know, and, you know, it was just the time when it was it was all the things fell into place. The, the cosmic tumblers clicked into place, as it were. You know, and, and things were just right to go forward. You know, going from even a cover band, we thought, make some money as a cover band, you know, play. Drew goes, we're going to do original singing. Like, okay, and how, you know, because I've written, and, and Drew has not written, but, you know, you just, how is that going to happen? And then the next thing you know, you've got a record out there produced by Tommy Stinson and people digging the whole thing. And so, you know, you realize that you're on the right path. Right. Now, as far as the writing process is concerned, do you guys write collectively, or is there one or two songwriters in the band? Well, 
yes and no and yes. Yeah, here's the deal. So in, in, in music, typically somebody brings what they call the top line. They bring the lyrics right. and a melody in their head, okay? And that's what Drew does. Drew says, you know, here's what I've got. I've got a melody. I've got um, uh, lyrics. He goes, and we sit, and then we just hash it out. Now, Drew doesn't know an F chord from an H minor, you know, which there's no such chord, so he doesn't know. So he just writes instinctively, and he just rearranges basically what he's taken in his whole life. And, see, if you, for example, you take a song, I'm like, I want to hold your hand by the Beatles, or any song, any melody you have, you can put 10 different chords to it, and it will sound very different. But it will work, right. but only certain ones gel. So Drew does that, and then all of us, you know, Roger, myself, and Dennis, you know, we match what what he hears, I, and, and there is, we have, we all do have input into it and stuff, and it's the most amazing creative process for somebody that doesn't have a musical background. I, I sing the song to them, you know. I, I, I write the lyrics and the melody, then I sing yeah. the song to them, and then they make it into music. Yeah, and it takes us uh, it takes us about an hour. Usually. And we bend it and shape it, and everybody says, "No, this," and "How about this?" And like we, you, you tweak it along the way, even while we're rehearsing, you know, we'll do, we'll do it. But then the final piece comes out, and it's really close. And the most interesting part is, you know, I, I played the guitar solos, and you know, I have a specific, you know, I want specific things with these. A lot of songs, you know, you have to work on solos, this, that, and the other thing. I found with these solos, as we play the song, and Drew goes, take a take a solo, do it here. I'll play it for the first time, and most of that solo will be fully formed. I, I work on it and refine it as does the drummer with his parts in the bass player, but most of it's right there at the get-go. And, and again, I, you know, I don't think I'm talking crazily, but maybe I am. It's magic. There's a magic that happens that is undefinable, unquantifiable, that you could get a bunch of musicians that have massive degrees in a room doing it that couldn't do what we do in an hour. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, there, uh, that just shows that it's right. Now, for uh, I, I have to ask, for this being your first band, how did like your family take it? Like, did like your wife or? Uh, nah, my um, my um, uh, you know what? No, nobody considers me a musician. It's just some. It was something stupid that I'm doing, pretty much. And um, I always tell people, you know, if you ask a hundred of my closest acquaintances to describe me, including my family, not one of them would mention musician because wow. it's just. No, it doesn't. It's, it's never existed. You know, I've always I've liked music since I was four years old. Um, I've been involved in the house concerts and putting on music. How long? But I never. I put the house shows on for 23 years now, and uh, I've done over 300 shows. And uh, I just never. It, it. I never wanted to sing songs. I never was interested in it. It just was never. You know, people say, "Oh, you're living your dream now." Said, no, it was never my dream. I, I never had any interest in it. Um, and if Roger, who's our bass player, he and I used to work together, and we worked in, and we lived in the same town. So if he hadn't come up to me and said, "Hey, you know, we have to do something," um, just, you know, this would never have happened. But you know, um, serendipitously, yes. he did. You know, and um, and we've taken it from there, and we've had nothing but uh, pretty much nothing but positive experiences so far. You know, I I knew um, I know a fair amount of people, and uh, we were told that. Uh, it was thought that Tommy Stinson would be a great match for us. Uh, he came down to my house to listen to two rehearsals, and he decided that he'd like to do it. Um, then, you know, we went up to Hudson, New York, and recorded with Tommy up there. And, 
you know, it, it's just it's worked out perfectly. Um, every, everything has been, um, and again, you know, I don't I don't know anything else. So the way that we've been doing it um, seems to me that everything's worked out perfectly. It might, you know, it might be a mess, and I don't know it, but uh, everything mess. everything does seem good, and um, we're happy with the final product. There's a woman who lives, um, uh, you know, less than a mile from me who did the mastering. She's um, knack mastering. Uh, she's worked with Bonnie Raitt, Amy Mann. Uh, oh, she wow. did the the remix of the um, Gaslight Anthems 59 Sound album. You know, she's got big credits, and uh, and she lives right down the street. You know, so, uh, you know, I got the Drew discount there. Tommy gave us the Drew discount a little bit. So, you know, we've been able to uh, – no, we didn't do any crowdfunding or anything like that. Um, we we paid for it ourselves, and um, it's it's worked out really well. And uh, you know we're all we're all happy with it. CT, I would say uh, serendipitous. I got to go back to when Drew called me at eleven o'clock in the morning. I was laying by my pool in my backyard and saying like, I'm not going to do this gig tonight, you know. And if I had not taken that, we might not be having this conversation at all. I think that's one piece of it. The other piece with Drew, I think, is, you know. I've been playing for a long time, you know, I'm 66 and I've been, and I've been playing for a, a million years. And when you get, you know, all the music that's been going into Drew and listening and has been all these years, it would seem not necessarily a natural progression that he, you know, moved this forward into an original band writing and helping write the songs, working the songs. But I think it's his love of music and his knowledge of music is very, runs very deep. So I think it, it's just like, it burst forth. It's just like I, he found a way to do it. See, I resent that notion, though. <laughs> uh, people say, oh, you know what? Of course you can do this. You've been listening to music your whole life. And you, Not can, no. A lot of people have been listening to music their whole life, you know. And, yeah, uh, no, I agree with you. You know, the, uh, the, 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 the well kind of just sprung. Because, again, I, I had no – you know, I said three years ago, I had no idea I could sing. Two years ago, I had no idea I could write a song. You know, last year, I had no idea I would put out an album. And now, you know, we're, again, we're being played on the Underground Garage. Uh, we're going to be playing on, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the 93.5 The Night Down the Shore. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that station with with Jeff Raspi. And, um, a lot of support. You know, yeah, the pe- people have been great. And we've got, great. Um, again, that's why, the, that's why the title of the record is Who Knew? Because, you know, who, because who knew? Who knew? I certainly didn't. No, I always said that uh, God God likes rock and roll. So I mean that's that's proof right there. So um, as far as getting a hold of your material, do you guys have social media pages, places uh, people can purchase the album? Yeah, right now, well, we're on. Uh, we have a, a, a Facebook page, The X Men, and it's uh, E C K apostrophe S. In case uh, you know it doesn't translate vocally, you need to see it. Uh, e C K apostrophe S Men. Uh, we are on iTunes right now. We're soon to be on Apple Music, and we're on Spotify right now as well. And you can always um, you can um, go on the page and um, email me and uh, send me your address. So send me a check, and uh, I'll I'll send you the uh, send you the record. Awesome. Now, as Maybe far both. as the whole uh, as far as the whole COVID situation that we've been going through, how did that affect you guys? <coughs> Not at all. <laughs> what, what COVID? Uh, it, you know, it, it's affected us in a bunch of ways. We um, we played February 22nd at the Stone Pony. We opened up for Jesse Mallon, and uh, right. the show went really well. We got some good reviews from it. And, uh, yeah, it was a packed house. 
and then it, we had we had some other gigs uh, scheduled, and they were you know they were just cut off. You know, they, um, we're going to play at the Saint down in Asbury. We're going to play at the uh, Turning Point in uh, in Piermont, New York, and um, you know, and then we we would have uh, kind of pogo sticked off those too. Um, so they all went out of business, or, or you know, they stopped business. We'll put it that way. So that that right. hurt us quite a bit. Um, we've done two shows in my yard. Um, the first one, there were only 20 people allowed to come because, you know, the, the New Jersey uh, crowd limit outdoors was 25 at the time. And we have five oh, people yeah. in the band. So we could only invite 20 people. Uh, the second one, it had gone up a bit and we got a few more people. So we did two of those. Uh, on July 20th, we did a live online show at Bauer Electric in New York. Um, and which was to help the um, the out of work employees of Bowery Electric, so uh, we split you know we split the gate with them. Awesome. And um, you know, so we we drew uh, we drew very well there. We beat every, all the other uh, except for Jesse Mallon. We beat all the other bands uh, with the most pre sales, the most regular sales, and the most money intake there. So that we, we did pretty very well with that. But uh, you know, we're looking forward now to new ways to try to figure out how to play without. I mean, we are going to do a record release show in my yard. Uh, sometime in September, and um, oh yeah, everybody can come in. Uh, you can get on either live at Drew's um, Facebook page or the X Men, and if you want to inquire about that. But um, I, I'm trying to find new ways too. You know, um, in, interesting ways that 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 we can play somewhere somewhere that's out of the norm. And we're we we're open to that. The other thing is, I think where we were going, you know, where we wanted to do ultimately, our game plan was to say, hey, let's let's get out and on the road, let's open for the bands, let's try ourselves out in other markets when everything came to a halt. On the positive side, everybody's on hold. It's not just yep. us, so you know, we're not the only ones um, suffering because of COVID, so to speak. Everybody's on hold, everybody's waiting. You know, and, and I believe that once we're allowed to open up and everything, I think people are going to be so looking forward to different kinds of music, oh, listening yeah. to live music, hearing live music, so I think there's some good opportunities out there, and our, our, our outlook is positive, you know? I mean, I truly believe that once, like you said, once we get back to normal, that the scene is just going to explode. I, I, I perceive so much happening, especially for the original bands out there. And, man, I, I just think it's going to be a great time for everyone. Um, wanted to ask you guys as I wrap up here, um, wanted to ask – um, we're getting ready to play Nobody's Prize. Could you give us a little bit of the inside story of that song and uh, the writing behind it? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a, uh, it's about a girlfriend of mine, an old ex-girlfriend of mine, who um, she had a lot going for her. In fact, she had everything going for her. And but she, there was something, you know, that she she. She was self-depreciating all the time. She always, you know, talking down about herself. And uh, she would always say that she was nobody's prize. And um, she also, you know, we were talking about her eye color one time. And she said, you know, you know what, my, I said, you know, you, you have hazel eyes. She said, no, my eyes aren't hazel. I've thought about this for a very long time. And I have toad colored eyes. So... Um, <laughs> So I so the, the lyric goes, and when I look in, then I look into your toad-colored eyes, and you tell me that you're nobody's prize. Awesome. So that's and where that CT, goes. You know, playing playing music is always great. I love that song, even though it's ours. I'm partial to it. It's it's a joy to play every time we play it. It just feels 
it again it feels like magic it's it's great yeah thanks for playing that that's really nice of you it's great yeah much yeah. appreciated thank you Guys, thank you so much. And uh, please, if there's any updates, anything as far as like the the CD release, the record release party that you guys are coming up, please drop all the details on the union page. I really, really want to keep up with you guys. And it, I will. You're welcome to come up, and we'll give you a free CD. <laughs> awesome. I might well, take you up on it. Maybe sign. Thanks so take much, care. guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. You're welcome. Thanks. You too. Bye. Have a good one. So here is Nobody's Prize by the X-Men.
Guys, that was the beautiful music of the X-Men. I want to thank him very much for being on the show tonight, as well as Brad Lee, Ken Shepard, and Will Mass for the roundtable that we had this evening. A uh, couple words from our sponsor real quick. want to give a heads up. If you're looking to get involved in the music scene in Philadelphia or in the bar, in the restaurant scene, as far as security is concerned, make sure that you check out the Philadelphia Bouncer Academy. Check out PhiladelphiaBouncerAcademy.com. They will make sure that you get everything you need to be a part of the industry. They'll certify you. They'll make sure that you have everything that you're supposed to have. And, guys, they're trained by the most professional long-standing people in that business, in that industry, and they will take care of everything you need. If you look them up and you decide to take a course with them, tell them that you heard about them on the Rock and Roll Union podcast, and you will receive 20% off of your classes, guys. They'll take 20% off your total price. That is a steal, guys. Want to make sure that you take part in that. Also, a very big thank you to Phoenix Custom Printing. Phoenix Custom Printing is your go-to place for rock and roll merchandise. If you need printing, hats, jackets, patches, they do it all. Make sure that you tell them that you heard this on the Rock and Roll Union podcast. They give you a 20% discount on all your printing needs. They are the exclusive printer for the Rock and Roll Union and they are your go-to place for everything rock and roll. You want high quality, guys. The Rock and Roll Union shirts came out beautiful, best quality around, and at a very, very fantastic price. And with that price, like I said, you mentioned the Rock and Roll Union podcast. They'll give you 20% off your printing needs. So, guys, want to thank you for listening to the Rock and Roll Union podcast. It has been my pleasure to take your mind off things for a little bit. Remember to check out our YouTube channel as we just dropped our interview with Johnny Day of Doro. And there's plenty more on that page at live uh, live performances from various rock and roll union bands, all kinds of stuff on there. That is our rock and roll union YouTube channel. Also make sure that you check out if you haven't done so already, the rock and roll union Facebook page. Keep up to date with everything, all the happenings, all the bands in the, in the union, and uh, really, really good stuff there. So, guys, once again, thank you so much for listening. Have a great evening, and remember, until next time, remember rock and roll.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 